You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line, waiting for Cormani McLean news. It's Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Hey, uh, I'm not sure we're going to get Cormani, although the way these guys are, they, they like doing it late, so who knows? Yeah, they, they, they stay up later than you. Yes, they do. Um, uh, we are, we're recording, so I guess we should set the scene. We're recording. Uh, it's almost seven o'clock on Thursday. Um, Conrad Hussey, one of the last guys we were waiting on, just uh, signed with Florida State. He was choosing between Miami, Florida State, and Penn State. Miami was kind of a long shot in there, made a, a late push. So I don't think a huge loss for Miami to not get him. But we are still waiting on one big piece of news. Uh, that is what's going to happen with Cormani McLean. Uh, I guess we should say it. it is the early signing period began Wednesday at 7 a.m. It runs until 11.59 p.m. on Friday. Miami signed 25 high school players on Wednesday. Um, the vast, vast majority of the class made a couple additions, uh, a punter from Australia and Damari Brown, a four-star cornerback from American Heritage. Uh, the rest of the guys are guys we've talked about at various points throughout uh, the last couple years. Um, not really any, you know, bad news for Miami. Uh, it was obviously a pretty overwhelmingly good day for the Canes, uh, who ended Wednesday. And as we talk now, still have the number four class in America. Um, that is including Cormani McLean, who is still committed technically, although not signed. Uh, if he doesn't sign, they would slip to, I think, fifth is the last time I did the math on it, uh, according to 24-7's composite rankings. Um, so. I, I'll say going coming out of yesterday, um, talking to Mario, obviously, for about half an hour um, and just kind of generally knowing the way recruiting goes. My gut was still that my, Cormani McLean was going to end up signing with Miami. Um, just, you know, we know how recruiting is these days with uh, NIL and, um, you know, everyone being a brand and every, everyone wants to maximize their return. Um, you know, you, We've seen stranger recruiting circumstances, obviously, than this one in Miami history. So uh, my gut was still he was going to sign with Miami, but I'll say the the farther we get from Wednesday, the less confident I feel. It sounds like we know uh, Colorado and Deion Sanders has gotten into the mix. Uh, we know Alabama for a long time was in the mix as well and, and trying to get back in there. So that's that's the piece of news we're waiting for. But um, it did not I, I would say it did not put a damper on Wednesday for Miami which was just a massively successful day. Certainly Mario's best day uh, as coach of the Hurricanes so far. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, he had a great class. Um, and um, I mean, I, and, and if, well, I know how important cornerback is if they don't get Cormani McLean, but I still think that the two other five-star 
um, offensive tackles. I, I don't know. I'd rather have those guys. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? I, I'd rather have. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to, we're going to do the I, second half of this episode. We're going to do like some superlatives for this class. Um, right. And we're definitely going to talk a lot about the, the two offensive linemen because um, that that's, that's the big deal uh, from this class, really. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of big deals. I guess we should run through some of the highlights. I'd say the highlight is those two five-star tackles. Francis Mangoa, originally from American Samoa, playing at IMG Academy in Bradenton. Uh, and Samson Ukunlola, um from Thayer Academy in uh, Braintree, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Um, you know, Miami has not had, ever has had, Miami never before this year has had two five-star offensive linemen uh sign in the same recruiting cycle in the recruiting rankings era so like a historic haul already then you throw in the fact they got um a couple other interesting you know a lot of i'd say a lot of interesting offensive linemen frankie tinalau an australian tackle who spent this year at LaSalle in miami um a couple big big interior guys uh tommy kinsler guard they flipped from florida huge what is he six five uh, as a guard and um and then Antonio Tripp, who could be the center long term, another IMG guy from outside Baltimore. Um, that that's the headliner of the class. I think you know they definitely rebuilt a little bit at cornerback with or without Cormani McLean, getting Damari Brown, getting um Robert Stafford from Melbourne, uh O'Galley up there. Um, definitely made linebacker a big priority. What four linebackers I think signed? I don't have the full list in front of me right now. I probably should. Um but but some, some good linebackers coming in. Uh, and then, you know, they, I, I'd say the other storyline is, and essentially Barry wrote about the fact that they only have, uh, when he wrote it, eight guys from South Florida wound up being nine with Tamari flipping or with Tamari committing, I should say on Wednesday. But uh, I think Miami for the for you know, kind of owned South Florida again. Um, and, you know, they've had classes where they've gotten more South Florida kids, but I don't know if they've had a class. And they, you know, they still obviously didn't get all the five, you know, five-star wide receiver. Brandon Ennis went to Ohio State five-star wide receiver. Right. Uh, Hakeem Williams went to Stranahan, but they're like, they got all the, you know, they, I'd say they got probably the, the, those, so those nine guys, they got, I think eight or four star top three, top three or 400 recruits. Like they, they really, I think. They they got they got the guys they wanted in Dade for the most Dade and Broward for the most part. I think they really would have liked Brandon Ennis. Um, but yeah, otherwise I think that those are the big stories to me coming out of the day. Yeah. They got it it was good. They got a good amount of South Florida guys and some old school guys, and they got some uh legacy guys, which yep. was interesting, right? Yeah, Damari um, Brown uh, is the son of Selwyn Brown coming in Selwyn with Brown. brother Devontae Brown, who's transferred right. from UCF. Um, Bobby and Robbie Washington are uh, twin sons of former uh, Miami signee Bobby Washington, right. uh, who Ooh. never wound up playing at the school, uh, mm-hmm. ended up at NC State instead, but still obviously a Kane connection there. Um, so, yeah, they and then they obviously went national like Francis and international, right? Frankie Tinalau, Francis Mangoa, um, the punter. Um, Dylan Joyce, Hunt. Hunt. <laughs> um, uh, Collins is Pong, um, uh, offensive line or defensive lineman they got who's out in California originally from Ghana. So, mm-hmm. um, they did they they hit everything, I think, in this class, really like all the all the things you knew Mario was going to do pretty well the West Coast, South Florida, and then just like a five star from you know Boston, like 
They, they, right. they, they hit every they hit every quadrant really. A lot of, just got to lock of, up Karani. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's kind of interesting, actually. I I I, I kind of agree with you. Um, the longer it is, the worse off it is for Miami. Yeah, it's just I mean. Yeah, it's, He's committed right now, and the long, you know, they, if he signs, he's gonna. You, you don't have to worry about it anymore. The longer it goes, the more you have to worry. And um, then they have tell people that I, I tell people. I mean, it, it's an early signing period now, so they have till eleven fifty nine p.m. Friday yes. um, to sign. Yeah, some commitments and signing still happening today. So yeah, they have to wait if not until. Uh, well, so the then, interesting thing here with Cormani right? McLean, we should say, is uh, as far as I know, he is planning to early enroll. Um, oh, so well, he, he theoretically okay. could never sign and then just enroll at a school. And um, yeah, uh, so he does have a deadline of Friday, Friday, but but it's not really a deadline because. You know, it's the way that guys used to early enroll before they signed, you know, when there was only the one uh, signing day. Some guys would still early enroll. You never actually sign a national letter of intent. Once once you're at the school, you're at the school. The national letter of intent just basically says you can't back out and say, I'm not going to go to the school. And, this, and the school can't uh, d- deny you the scholarship at that point. So um, theoretically, the saga should end around the time you got, most of you are listening to this. Um, but uh Again, it, it could go longer because there, there's once, uh, you know, when, when you're an early enrollee, the kind of the rules don't apply to you in, in some ways, oh, especially when you're a guy like Cormani, who, you know, some guys got to sign during their early signing period or, or they lose their spot, right? Um, Cormani McLean is right. a guy that anyone is going to make it work if he decides to come. He's number two player overall in the country, uh, according to 24-7's composite rankings. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to see. We just uh, we just saw Conrad Hussey. Yes, that was the last uh, other guy we were kind of waiting on early here. Mm. Um, we thought he was going to go to Penn State. He ends up going to FSU. Or FSU. maybe I thought Penn yeah. State. I mean, that that was still on his uh, social media profile. Whole yeah. thing at Penn State, and so that's it's so funny how. Some of these guys flip at the last second. Although I don't know how much he, I don't know how invested he was in Florida State, really. So, mm-hmm. um, before, anyway. so we're going to do most of this episode. We're going to do hand out some superlatives for this class. But before we get into that, Mario did talk for about half an hour yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and as I said, uh, the probably the best day of his tenure at Miami so far. Obviously, there were not a lot of good days during the season. Uh, I mean, you could tell how big a day the program was treating it as when there were boosters all around the football facility in the back rows oh, of the press yeah. conference. Um, before were- we move on to our superlatives, uh, anything, any big takeaways from talking to Mario yesterday? Obviously, he's excited about this class. Did anything in particular uh, stand out to you as, as particularly noteworthy about well, what he feels about this group? Yeah, he's, of course... Yeah, he's never going to come out there and be like, oh, we signed a really crappy class. And they did. I mean, all coaches love their class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he really did sign a great class. Yes, he did. And he signed a, you know, he signed a pretty good class last year when he had like, uh, what? Uh, What did we say? It was in our headline. He came on the sixth, I think. 11 days or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, or even or whatever. But um, he said he's not. You know, this year, David, there's you can sign as many new players. Yes, as you need to, as as you want to, really, as long as you stay within the eighty five scholarship framework. I mean, that's that's been eighty five is the limit for scholarships, and um, he's. I asked him how many openings he still had. And he said, uh, oh, I, I don't know. I, 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 he said he said he didn't know. And he had a, he had enough openings that he didn't have to worry about it now, which obviously he does know. But um, uh, the point is, he got 25 new players, right? And he could yep. get more. Plus four he, transfers. He, plus more transfers. And he, and he told us that... Um, you know, that he's still looking for defensive tackles and receivers, outside receivers. I guess he wants some big guys. Yeah, I, li- I really like both the receivers they got in this class, um, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Joseph and Robbie Washington. But uh, Nathaniel Joseph is 5'8", and Robbie Washington's 5'10". Like, Miami's got some actually some good slot. I love a lot of the slot guys on their roster, obviously. Xavier Restrepo is probably there, but uh, I don't I guess we can't say he's their best receiver now because Colby Young did look pretty good at various points last year. But, you know, clearly one of their best receivers, Jacoby George and Brashard Smith, have both had really good moments. But they need another – they never found that guy to play opposite Colby Young. And, and that is, to me, if I'm looking at one thing that I don't feel great about in this class, it's right. not the receiver group as a whole because, again, I like those two guys a lot. It's the fact that they, they still are struggling and it goes back – uh, years and years at this point they've they found a they, lot of good slot guys they really kind of struggled to find those yep. outside receivers and you know the i think the highest ranked one of those guys they probably got somewhat recently um was romello brinson um and obviously he is transferring and um as you know he's get always had good pretty good size but he was always really skinny and um was not not like the most physically, not a physically dominant wide receiver in the way that like Colby Young proved he could be, or even like Charleston no. Rambo sometimes felt like. No, they really haven't gotten um like elite, yeah, big body receivers. Yeah, I think like the last like top 100 recruit they got at receiver was probably Mark Pope. And again, he was a small, small guy, he was a slot guy, really. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that is a, I don't know why for some reason that position. Yeah. I Especially because my, oh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. South Florida produces same. so many good receivers, but a lot of the really good receivers down here are slot guys. You know, you think of like Mark Pope, obviously, was, you know, state championship winning They're wide small, receiver at, at Southridge. And, um, you know, right. That's why, like, Hakeem Williams is not a perfect player who went to Florida State from Stranahan, but like they really could have just used a guy like him who's, you know, was first team all county for us in basketball and is like, you know, that he's a physically dominant athlete. Um, but we're picking nits with this class. There's a lot, way more, way, way, way more positives than negatives. Um, five top 100 uh, signees um, already, according to 24-7's rankings. Uh, it would be six if and when they get Cormani in the fold. Um, offensive line, totally rebuilt with this class. Linebacker, I think they did a really good job at um, got two great defensive ends and Ruben Bain and Jaden Wayne. Like they 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 checked all the boxes of like what 
other than wide receiver, which is a really important position in modern football, um, you know, I'd say the most important positions in football now are kind of like, you know, obviously, we, you know, quarterback. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit of Emory Williams. You talked to him pretty extensively earlier this week. Um, obviously, the, the trenches are always important, specifically edge rushers and tackles. They got four elite ones, um, I, I, in my opinion. Very important. Um, yep. They got, you know, cornerback is just super important now with how much teams pass. They got, if they sign Cormani, the best cornerback in the country, and two other guys who, um, you know, profile as future starters, NFL-type players, and then got two good receivers, but the one thing missing is is those bigger outside guys. Yeah. Um, they got uh, – we're talking about – but well, what we could talk – Yeah, should we – They're who, right, they're, I, they're running back. I yeah, they got two good running backs um, and two yeah. very complimentary running backs, I will say. Fletcher yeah, is definitely. big, 6'1", like 240, you know. I think more than just a power back, I think he's he's he reminds me of like SEC running backs. Like he, I don't want to compare him like Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb, but he reminds me of like those big guys at Georgia. Um, just Does the way he, he, kind he bowls, of like, bowls people uh, over, but it also has good speed and can break away. He's really good, but you you see all those high school players. I I saw him in the in the state title game, and I was like, "Wow, that yeah, guy!" Was I, I think he's the total package. And I came in, I went into that game, you know, like you know, I talked to a, just a lot of people around high school football who, um, you know, like all around the state, and people who cover recruiting and scout mm-hmm. type people and stuff. And and there were a lot of people who I know went into that state title game. Hi, I'm Mark Fletcher. Like, how could you not be? He's you know ran for almost two thousand yards this year. But thinking like, is he really like? You know, uh, is he just a power back? Could he be, you know, is he going to end up being like a Thad, Fra- another Thad Franklin or whatever? A lot of people came out of that game being like totally sold on him. So I I, I think you saw him at his best, but I saw him a couple of weeks earlier and he was just as good. So is he built? Is he, He's kind of built like Thad Franklin, right? I think he's a little bit like mm-hmm. that was really like kind of bowling ball built, whereas I think Fletcher is a little bit leaner, maybe. He's, he's always, I think he's had a little bit, better speed i don't know if what they're like 40 times are or whatever i just think he's more complete i love dad as like a ground and pound giving the ball 25 times and he's gonna run for 125 yards or whatever but fletcher's got i think a little bit more of like a burst like a big play you know can take a hit find his balance and then take off and pick up 10 more yards before a bunch of people have to drag him down and then chris johnson the other running back is um three-time state champion in track and field like he's pure speed gonna have to get bigger but uh love the way they complement each other um those were really you those yeah. are really huge well we games. saw how important it was especially if miami oh, wants to God. run it like mario cristobal seems to um but all right let's take a quick break we'll come back and then we'll hit our superlatives for this class get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I just threw out a couple on uh, an outline that I sent you uh, the other day of the, some some broad topics um, running through this class. I felt like it would be a good way to just kind of hit on a couple of different guys, um, offer up our thoughts on them, and maybe our slot in how they could potentially fit in both the next year's roster and obviously the long-term vision of this program. Uh, number one on this superlative that I wanted, I think we had to start with is most important recruit of this cycle. Um, to me, and I think we're in lockstep here, um, it is Francis Mangoa. Uh, Miami has not signed a tackle like that, maybe ever. I mean, Chantrell Henderson, I think, is the last five-star offensive lineman to sign with Miami. Uh, obviously, you know, a little bit of an underwhelming career, right, for what he was, but still a guy who made it to the NFL. Um well, the, and the good thing about this Miami class is they, they got two of those guys. But Francis is the one who, you know, he's he's got the total package in terms of like size. Um, you know, Oklahoma a little, you know, just a little bit smaller, um, probably more agile, uh, a state, a nationally like ranked wrestler. Um, but Francis is, and and the fact they got him early, I think it it. I talk about it all the time. Momentum really does matter in in college football. Um, getting him early, July 4th, he committed. Um, that that was a big deal. It really set the tone, I think, for what this class was going to be for Mario Cristobal. Uh, absolutely. Um, he's uh, he, he seems really into it. Did you see the video that he put out with his brother? Oh, no, I didn't, actually. Like, from oh, when they were signing, my. they put it out probably while we were in the press oh, conference. Oh, my God. You have no idea. You have no idea. It was a um, – <laughs> just watch. It's, like, the most amazing video I've ever seen. He's doing uh, the Samoan thing. Like the haka? Uh, maybe. He's wearing – I don't know what he's wearing. Not much. And, and <laughs> like, he's, like, waving around some fireballs and – I, I, it, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I really, I've watched it like a million times already. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, and he seems very devoted, you know, to Mario, very yeah. loyal and he helped getting the class. And, uh, and if he's as good as they say he is, oh my God, do they need him? Yeah. You know, I, I, but the thing is, I know I always seem like a, Debbie Downer, but there, but I, I don't know. I feel well, like this one's going to work out. Okay. Yeah. But I think I, I, I've seen like guys at Miami that they say, oh my God, just like you were saying. And, and they're, they're good, but they're not amazing. So I'm yeah. hoping he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you, I think for like, there is an intangible aspect to recruiting, and that is the like character and work ethic and all that kind of stuff. And again, like, I, I think I talked about this last week. I, right. I hate to like act like I know what kind of people these 16, 17, 18 year old kids are based off like, you know, right. some of them I get to know better, like these local, you know, Ruben Bain and Edwin jo or Nathaniel Joseph. I've talked to those guys like a ton, but I did, you know, I went over to IMG one day 
um, in the summer and spent some time around, you know, in the weight room with all these Miami commits and Francis, like he like stood out and not just obviously as, you know, a freak in the weight room, but also like, you know, when we finished up, I got kind of all those Miami, it it was everyone, but uh, Riley Williams was sick that day. So I, I got the other three though. And like Francis was like the leader of that trio like he was like when I would ask a question like he would always be like the first one to like kind of step up and um you know give the answer all that kind of stuff like I think yeah it we've talked about it a million times how hard it is to evaluate offensive line um but Francis I think has a lot of the intangible things that you check and then obviously the physical things that you check too yeah uh, which is a good combination (laughs) Yeah, it's very good. I, I I just have a good feeling about him. The the other, uh, you know, Okun Lola. I, yeah. I don't know, but he makes it seem like he's really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know him as well. I, I talked to him once on the phone uh, after he visited uh, the Pancake Concho. Uh, wants to find yeah. the best pancakes in Miami. Um, and uh, yeah, I, also, again, I just also, don't know him as well. But right, I. The fact that he's a, I love two sport guys and I, I love linemen. Say, I love linemen who wrestle. Yeah, and, I was just going to say that he's a, he's a national like prep wrestling star. Yeah. And heavyweight, okay, so, in the heavyweight class. So that, that to me is a really good sign. Yeah. I, I, I actually totally agree with that. I do wonder, you know, he's from Boston. They're, they're not playing the same competition that a guy like Francis or these Miami kids are. So I wonder if there will be a little bit more of a growing pain there. Whereas Francis played, you know, at IMG, they play the toughest schedule in America pretty much. Like he's going to come in and not be super overwhelmed by college. Um, which I I would, you're right. And, and, and uh, yeah. And and I love that his brother's coming. Yeah. Who was part of the video, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Oh my God. Make sure everybody make sure you see this video. Maybe we'll so, put it in the uh, in the story that goes with this. Yeah, Francisco Amangola, who has definitely has a chance to start at linebacker for this. Why team can't team, we play say. the video now for people? We can't do that. I'm, I don't have that technology. I'm not smart enough for that. Well, you can't like put it on and then I don't know. I'll ask. I'll ask our uh, producer um, or non-existent producer, me. <laughs> um, okay, next one. Uh, most likely to start as a freshman. Um, I think Francis, you have to consider in this category. I will say if Cormani was in the class, I would, if he was definitely going to be in the class, yeah. I would say him just because I think cornerback, um, you know, Miami's losing their two starting cornerbacks. Um, and I don't think has a clear cut, you know, Devonte Brown transfer, I would say is an excellent shot to start as a guy who started every game last year for UCF. Um, older brother of Damari Brown, as I think we said earlier, Um so I, that's really the spot I am looking at. I think Francis, you know, will have a shot. You know, they got an opening at right tackle um, with DJ Scaife and John Campbell both departing. So could Francis step in there? Would not be shocking. Uh, Javion Cohen obviously will factor in probably in the yeah, interior, which could move yeah. a guy like Jalen Rivers outside. You know, Inez Cooper obviously impressed. So they got they got some options there. But to me, they need a cornerback, I think, to step up from this class. Um, so Cormani is my pick if he ends up in this class. If not, I'll go with Robert Stafford, a guy I have not seen play in person, but, um, you know, a playmaker, top 200 recruit. Um, I think him or Damari, um, I, I think either one of those guys, I'm not saying they'll start from day one, 
Um, right. Not even saying they'll start most of the season, but I think at some point, you know, with what they need at cornerback, those guys could have a Wesley Besaint like trajectory, right? Where Wesley came in, I think everyone knew they need had a need at linebacker, and eventually Wesley won that job. I think right. we're, we're going to end up in a similar situation at corner this year where everyone knows it's a need. Are these guys going to be ready if right out the gate? Probably not, but eventually down the road, someone uh, can win that job. What about one of the, uh, you know, the the Russians or the, the edges or uh, even one of the linebackers? I, I don't know. Yeah, the guy. linebackers are interesting. I mean, well, obviously, Bryant, Francisco, you know, I think we both think Wesley's like a lock, right? And then Francisco yes, is definitely. obviously interesting. D-end, um, you know, I, I think I said last week, I kind of expect like Ruben Bain to have like a Nigel Lee Kelly type yeah. impact. Um, technically not a starter, but um, going to help. But, you know, they've got Jafari Harvey coming back, right? And Nigel like Kelly in the mix. Like they, they got, they actually have some decent options at, at defensive end. Quarterback is just a spot. I feel like there's an opening. Yeah. You know, Jafar, I just got his, um, I think he got his degree. Mm-hmm. I, but we haven't heard anything about him lately. I, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I'm not convinced he's coming back, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think he said he's coming back. And I don't think he said he's leaving. So, uh, but he yeah, could. So I, I operate on the he assumption guys are coming back until they tell us otherwise. All right. That's, yeah. Could be. Probably, actually. But yeah, who knows? What What about, um? yeah, I was saying Malik Bryant. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Malik Bryant, Raul Aguirre, those are pretty good picks, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. I, 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 yeah, I think offensive line might be the position. So. Yeah. Um, so we're talking a lot of Francis Mingo, but he deserves it. And he's probably the answer to this next one. Most likely to become a first round pick. You think it's Francis? Oh, no. It's just like a Francis Magoa show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably the safest yeah. bet, right? A left tackle, giant, five-star recruit. Like those guys become first round picks a lot. Yeah. I, and as much as I love a guy like Ruben Bain. He doesn't seem that Two defensive ends don't get picked super high. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been thinking about that the whole time. But if he's that good, you know? Yeah, he'll be a fantastic. I'd be surprised if he's not a great college player. But we're talking NFL scouting. Like, you get nitpicked to death when you're going to the NFL. Maybe the maybe I'll go with the punter again. <laughs> first round pick? I don't know. Yeah, um, not first round. Not first round, but maybe he'll be a starter. Oh, that actually, that's a that is the correct answer. I didn't even think of that. The correct answer to which freshman is most likely to start is Bryce. Bryce Joyce. Did I get that right? Joyce. Um, some some kind of Joyce. Joyce is the second name. Yeah. Um, I I think that, that is the correct it, answer. They they brought him in to start to be uh well the, be the, the, the Mario, Headley replacement. Dylan Joyce. Mar- Sorry, and I bet Joyce. you, I bet he's from Australia. I bet you anything that um that Lou Headley knows them really well. Yeah. They both came through the pro kick pipeline, which is basically where all the Australian punters come from. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you Lou knows them. And that's the correct answer though. Cause Dylan Joyce will almost, I mean, we did see uh, Nelson Foley was really good in that one game. So I was actually kind of a little surprised. Yeah. That was cool. Um, You're right. He was really good. But Dylan Joyce is, he's definitely the favorite to start a punter. Like you don't give a punter a scholarship if you don't expect him to start. And Mario, Really, t- I mean, seriously, talked highly of. Yeah, 
I just feel that Lou kind of handpicked him. I have no idea if that's true, <laughs> but and Mario totally trusts him. I bet he said that he's the best guy, and then they ch- and then they checked out tape or whatever the yeah. hell they did. So um, on the yeah. same similar to most likely be a first round pickup, I got one highest ceiling and, and another. This is where I want to mention Collins at Chiampong. Um, oh yeah defensive great. lineman from Ghana 6'7 255 already love it um only really played two years of football I was mostly came to the U.S. to pursue basketball and wound up changing sports um because he is like freakish right um I mean you could easily see that I mean you know Greg Rousseau was in some ways like a once in a generation development prospect process is like a guy who came in as a giant safety and turned into uh, first round pick at defensive end, but like the parallels are obvious there. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that one. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm really interested to see what he looks like, especially because they need guys who can play the interior. And you can see a Chiampong, but he's got good size 255. I know 670, he's got to be even bigger, but like he can right. help. I mean, he's, he's raw. He's raw. We haven't seen a lot of him, but um, you know, he's only played about like less than 20 football games in his life but this is uh, is this this is this is a upside person is this the yeah. upside award? yeah highest ceiling I, okay. <laughs> all right um i was mentioning that and i i mean i really don't know but uh possibly emory williams a quarterback um I, another guy is, who's the interesting thing about him is he's only been a starter in high school for two years so there's a lot of a lot of upside left to tap into there. He, I mean, I, I did this story. I spent hours and hours doing research and interviewing and talking to people that knew him. And obviously everybody I talked to either were related or coached yeah, yeah, him. Or they got, they're biased a little bit. Obviously, yeah, they're biased but... coaches. I did get a few, co- some coaches and some, and, uh, and people were very high on him. Now I, I, I haven't seen him other than videos, you know? which mm-hmm. to me don't tell you that much, but I know he was in the elite 11 finals and he did pretty well. Yep. Um, he did significantly better than Jaden Rashada, um, who I'm not, I'm, look, I, all I'm, I'm just saying the facts. That's all. Uh, and who's now at uh, FSU, Florida, Florida. Right. Um, and uh He's supposedly a super, super hard worker, really intense. He's been uh, coached by, you know, David Morris, a very good coach um, for the past several years since he was 13. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Malik Malik Rozier is going to be helping now because he's with quarter uh, QB country, I guess it's called. Yeah, which is up in that panhandle, Alabama, uh, Florida they're from the same part of America, yeah, Mobile, basically. Mobile, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and now Malik told me that he was uh, also, you know, he's co- he coaches Tyler Van Dyke. We knew that. Mm-hmm. But he's also coaching um, Jakari Brown, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, yeah. um, let's zoom through these last two because we're about to run out of time here. Okay. Um, uh, most underrated, um, I... It's underrated. Look at some of the linebackers there. I I think Caleb Spencer is really interesting as like a hybrid safety linebacker. Uh, Good size. going to play that like star role probably. Um, But to me, it's Joshua Horton, 6'4", 285, and had 
100 tackles as a defensive tackle uh, for Langston Hughes, the state championship winning program in Georgia. And Mario was really high on him. Um, I think he said that's exactly what you want a three tech to look like. Um, so he's a guy I really like. You got anyone? You mentioned Emery. He could yeah, end up Emory being that, could certainly be. if he becomes a Emory starter. Could, he could he could definitely be the most underrated uh, or he could be, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, we, we don't really know how these guys are going to do in college and especially with the quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback is that and offensive line are the two hardest spots to evaluate. Who knows Um, when he's going to get a chance to play, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be buried on the depth chart early as assuming all these kids stick around at Miami. Uh, most likely to become a fan favorite. Uh, I got two guys. I always go with the local guys here. Uh, Ruben Bain and, Bain and Nathaniel Joseph. Two local guys. Uh, Nathaniel Ray Ray uh, is like a true Kane kind of guy. Grew up a Miami fan. All that kind of stuff. Ruben Bain is legendary high school player here at this point. Yeah, I think that <laughs> you're going to crack up. Uh, Francis Magoa. Yeah, he's another one. I mean, he's got a big, great personality and could like you know program savior in some ways if he totally like if he becomes a top 10 pick or whatever yeah I th- and and plus as soon as everybody watches the video he's going to become a fan favorite yeah and dylan joyce because miami loves punches oh, from australia definitely just dylan get him some tattoos he's just gotta get some tattoos just gonna say I, I we need to check out how many tattoos he has for sure but yeah those are all good picks yeah uh, you know, all right I, 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 we never know how they're going to be. Da- it's right, so that's funny. The thing. every year we say they're so good, they're so great. But and then, what would the fun be in saying we don't know what's going to happen? That there'll be no fun. The whole fun of signing day is to 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 guess, and you can talk about how right you were, or how wrong you were, uh, three years from now. Um, but on that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at s miller degnan. Follow me on Twitter at db wilson two. Uh, get a little quieter here. It's the holiday season, uh, so everyone have a. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Um, And we should be back next week, I think. Um, But we will definitely talk to you guys later on. Uh, uh, Thanks, as always, for listening all year. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.